by the way, we've been live for like five seconds now, so you should talk. No, we aren't really live. Yeah, we are. Are we going to change that? We should change the music to the show. You think? No, no, seriously, we're live. You should talk. I know, but, but, but shouldn't, shouldn't we? <laughs> I'm, I'm, having, I'm trying to have a serious discussion. Maybe we'll have something special for the 50th anniversary. And by anniversary, I mean episode. And by, yeah, I was about to say, 50th anniversary, I wasn't alive 50 years ago. <laughs> you want to rewind it a little bit? Sure. Hey, rewind a little bit. welcome <laughs> welcome to the All Gamergate podcast. It's All Gamergate yeah! all the time. Do you hate women? This is the podcast for you. <laughs> You want it? It's yours, my friend. Just as long as you have enough rubies. Um, that's right, you geeks. Yeah, I guess it's a little bit too late for that. Huh? Uh, anyway, uh, hi, folks. How's it going? I'm fine. How are you? Was I not supposed to answer? I was. I wasn't addressing you, but it was oh. good. It was good energy. Thank you. I'm trying it's to bring tonight. Yeah, we're projecting. We're projecting well here. Yes. Uh, welcome to our uh, short little internet television program, and by short I mean extra extra long. And by television you mean not video at all. I mean more the format, kind of, yeah. Than the content, the medium. You are so sleepy tonight. I'm more than sleepy. It's not even funny how sleepy I am, <laughs> folks. Uh, it, you know, I, maybe you're upset for for that we. Uh, you know, miss the uh, the otherwise normally peppy intro. But in case you aren't, uh, we are very glad to have you here tonight for the Echo Screen Live because we are going to talk about, um, you know, I, I think something that we've been talking, we, we, we mentioned this last time, the last show, we want to talk about how much people that talk about the books being better than stuff. We really don't like those people, do we? You're so sleepy. It's not Why? even, not even close. <laughs> Is that, that it? Is that, are, are, am I? Where's stuff. your mother? Where's your mother? <laughs> She's probably watching, actually. Oh, hey, okay, Mom. Good. Um, Hi. Yes. Uh, so this is an idea. <clears throat> well, first off, we were off last week, kind of last minute. Sorry for that. We both yeah. had uh, a lot going on and decided to put off put off things. To, to I was even more week. sleepy then, believe it or not. So probably a good thing that we didn't do a show. Yeah. Um, but in the time since... Um, Yes, we've come up with the idea of doing uh, the book was better. People very frequently will complain loudly on the internet about whenever a work, a, a, a work in written form, a book, if you will, is uh, uh, transferred either, either to television or movie or whatever. We'll kind of poop on it, to yeah. put it mildly. Kind of, kind of getting sick of that, and I thought we'd annoying. explore. Yeah, maybe we explore a little bit more about why people do that in our own little minds and uh places where they might be right places where they're mostly wrong so uh yeah that is the topic du jour the this topic is the topic. but we didn't come up with it recently we did come up with this last time i remember us talking about it on the oh last did we show. we did talk about it? okay good. yeah i don't yeah. feel so bad then <clears throat> yeah i mean I, I i might be sleepy but i think i remember something uh, about the last program so yeah we will do that and a lot more as we usually do here on the echo screen live the official podcast of the clan of the gray wolf we will uh we'll give you a couple we call them the T's and B's, the tids and bits, a couple of news and notes, if we can remember any, uh, if our, our feeble old minds will recollect even a modicum of, uh, of a fact 
that might we might pull out of our, our heads. Also, uh, you know, we, yeah, we, and, we should invite Chokling Victim to the chat from the chat. This is his first live Echo Screen podcast. Oh. He's been catching up on the backlog. I, so I, I um, not to interrupt, but whatever, I'm going to interrupt. I, I just yeah. got back from, we both got back from Portland's this weekend. Portland? Portland. Yours was uh, the land of lobster and, well, uh, and, uh, and, um, where life is good. Where, yeah, you know, it's, um, the that? motto is, I'm looking at it right now. Yes, life's good here. That's the motto. And what, what is the name of that terrible soda from Maine? Uh, Moxie. The land Moxie. Of, Moxie oh, is, yes, Moxie. Is terrible. Nice pull there. That's oh, a good pull. God. Anyway, you come from the land of lobster and Moxie, and I came from the land of hipsters and voodoo donuts. So nice. Mm hmm. And, uh, How'd that work out for you? It was actually a lot of fun. The Portland Retro Gaming Expo always have fun. And several people there were asking for you, Mr. Commodore, Mr. Kami. Uh, I, I, I am a popular guy, even though I am very sleepy. Yes. But uh, a lot of people that uh, also said that they were very glad we have moved the Echo Screen Live podcast into being an actual podcast. So in case you do not know, in case you're only watching this on the YouTubes, uh, we are a real podcast that you can download on the iTunes and your Android podcatching app and Stitcher. Uh, <clears throat> so do so if you're so inclined. And also you can rate you can rate us. And we would enjoy that if you rated us because it makes us feel sexy. We went to four years of podcast school to get a real life podcast. I so. know. It's not actually far from the truth. We have our doctorate now in real life podcasting. Yeah, that's why we make actually big internet it would, money. It would be more like the the bachelorette, but that's okay. Anyway, yes. um, and I did go to ground yes. control. It's the big barcade in uh, in Portland, which is fun. By the way, a How bar was that? It, it's How a lot was of it's. Uh, I go there every year. It's it's uh, it's neat. Have you ever been to a barcade? Uh, I've been to a barcade, but I've never but I've never heard of ground control. Oh, so ground, ground it's it's pretty like locally famous there. Oh, okay. uh, they actually help out a lot with the expo in terms of giving them, uh, you know, arcade machines and pinball machines to use for the expo. But um, <clears throat> actually, they're 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 uh, making one around here locally. Oh, I mean, we should check out next time you come down in, yeah. in good old Chapel Hill. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see how well that works out. Um, yeah, so we are a real podcast. We totally check us out there. That's uh, it's, a lot of people like to just listen to us rather than look at us. And let's face it, can you blame them? No, no, cannot. All right, moving on. So the third portion of the program, after we do the topic to the uh, topic du jour, which is the topic of the day, we will talk <laughs> about uh, what? <laughs> Sorry, modern robot, modern robot talking about uh, about um, ground control in Portland. It's like Dave and Buster's, but without the sadness. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Fair enough. Actually, last last time I was at Dave and Buster's, I had a pretty good time. I still have like twenty dollars left of Dave and Buster's on a Dave and Buster card somewhere. God, um, that is sad. Away. Isn't that sad? Is Isn't that is sad? Um, yeah. So we do the third portion of the program, which is the question and answer portion. Uh, folks, you can ask us questions about any of the topics that we talk about tonight. You can ask us questions about anything you like. I uh, can't promise you that we'll answer them. But if we do like the questions that you asked during the during the program, we could potentially answer them live on the air during the third portion of the program. And all you have to do to ask a question is tweet me. If you're watching the chat right there, it just popped up. And how would people tweet at you? At <clears throat> the Commodore during the program. I'll pick out the best uh, questions that we assemble during the course of the show. 
and we'll answer them live on the air. So that is the uh, that's the format. Now that we've taken mm, twelve minutes or so to describe the format of the program, we do every <laughs> single first and third Wednesday of the month. Yeah. Uh, why don't we move on to some news and notes, or otherwise known as tids and bits? Yes. What are your tids and I, bits? I, I, what you got? What do you got? So I'm gonna, yeah. So I'm I, I, I cheated and, and just found one that was quick. So I'm going to throw this one out there. Then I'm going to get to, and then you can do one, and then I'll do a real one. Okay. All right, Gamergate. All right. Is it no, Gamergate? If you want to talk about Gamergate, Gamergate. You you're like all you're doing is talking about Gamergating, and it's getting really, really annoying. Oh wow! Maybe I should change my name to Gawker Media. Anyway, <laughs> or any other gaming website that's out there <clears throat> apparently that wants to take uh, as as politically correct a stance on this as they possibly can, Man. for absolutely no reason other than to protect the integrity of their own journalistic pride. Well, it's not about journalism; uh, it's about how much you hate women. Obviously. Right, exactly. Well, I all mean, right. I do. I, I, we, I have been accused of such things in the past. All right, we're not we're not getting into this. We've 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 done our, our piece on 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 quote unquote gamergate before it was yeah. actually gamergate. So that yeah. that is, uh, I believe, episode forty five, maybe forty six um, on ethics in gaming journalism. If you really want to hear our, our thoughts on that, go ahead uh, and 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 listen to that. Uh, one of my favorite shows that we've done. But I, I don't, pretty entertaining program. The only thing I'm I'll a- say about currently yeah. is that it is very upsetting how both sides are pretty much completely talking over each other yes. at different things. Yeah. Like you have one person yelling, why? Why? Look at this dog. This dog is, is bullshit. And then someone else is like, what do you mean? This house is perfectly fine. And they go back and forth like that over and over on Twitter. It's that's pretty much what happens. Pretty uh, much. That, that's game I mean, in a nutshell. So we'll is, is, I think on. that's pretty much Twitter in a nutshell though. Isn't it? <laughs> Actually, yes. Um, and a Twitter show. Yeah. So, uh, so we're not going to talk about Gamergate, but one of the things I, w- I did want to talk about is I had this is pretty cool news that I, that I, I just dug out, out really out of my butt here. Bethesda actually is announcing that they're actually going to make physical books about the Elder Scrolls. It was interesting because of, given our topic today, um, they're actually taking the Elder Scrolls kind of mythology and assembling it all into several series of books which i thought was pretty cool because i happen to really like the elder scrolls i know many of you do as well i think they i've always thought that the um the elder scrolls because of the way that they were written would make really excellent books <clears throat> maybe i can talk about why during our, our our conversation today but and i'll explain why it would be a terrible idea because all the book is always better and and maybe you know if, if they were books, I don't know what. Well, I the guess the game would be better. In this game sense. would look like right, exactly. But but this is an interesting trend where I can see, and I've seen this time and again. I did the same thing with Bioshock, for example, where you know the game comes out and then a book is based on the game, and that's a that throws our whole topic upside down. But anyway, I'm pretty excited to hear about that. Like so the focus that's, on your camera. That's the. <laughs> that's the uh that's that's my fake news so now you get to you get to do one uh i got a I got a news uh not that, not that the news is fake it's just it's not really the one i wanted to talk about but go ahead it's, yeah. uh, it's well news quote unquote it's just kind of an interesting thing <clears throat> that apparently there has been new stuff found in donkey kong donkey kong which like like wait a minute donkey kong the arcade game yes from 1981 so the the actual arcade classic Donkey Kong, yes, in which Jumpman tries well, to save his girlfriend. It's actually Mario. Oh, it is Mario. It is Mario. Okay, good. 
Uh, and you can prove that now because it's, it's apparently there's something that. Yes. Uh, so it's it's not it's nothing too exciting like a like a new level or anything, but it's like uh, basically someone has been digging through the original game's code and found three pieces of music and two sound effects that were never publicly accessible. Oh. Uh, so. <clears throat> And I'm going to play them for you now, and Commodore won't be able to hear them because he can't hear what I'm hearing. But whatever, that's fine. You'll all hear it, and that's what counts. So you have an alternate uh, Pauline rescue theme. Can I pretend like you're here? Yes. That was, that was cute. Um, why, why am I listening into my microphone? Because you don't do physics correctly. Um, <laughs> you have, and you have a couple of cutscenes. Is there video for this? Am I missing everything? Yeah, there's video for the audio. Yeah, that was nice. And then here's the other. Are you are you just farting? Kind of. Okay, and just like you know, telling, making so, people. You know, nothing, nothing terribly exciting, but it's neat. It's neat that there's something new that was that's been buried buried in the depth of the game code. And there's also a few, couple of voices of Pauline. <clears throat> here's one, which may be like, "Hey, thanks" or "Nice." Who knows? And then another one of her screaming, "Help!" Because. Uh, Mario is an oppressive uh, patriarchy monger. And, you know, Pauline has to be the one screaming help. And yeah. it's just terrible. Anyway. <clears throat> because you hate women. Basically, that's what I'm trying to say. There's also <laughs> hidden text in, in the game that says, and here's the quote, <clears throat> Congratulations, of course. If you analyze difficult this program, we would teach you. Telephone, Tokyo, Japan, 044244-2151 extension 304. System design Ikigami Co. Limited. Did you did you call the phone number yet? I did, and I got a new job. It was actually kind of impressive. Uh, it was just a very fast uh, uh, interview process. And then they said, congratulations. And uh, Yen started just like pouring out of my phone. It was weird. And you didn't, and you didn't have to do anything? No. I just, yeah. I just called them up. But, and that's they right. knew. Anyway. So that's, that's kind of neat. That's random. Good. Uh, that is random, but it's pretty cool. I, I always like it when new stuff gets discovered in old games. They're yeah. Of, um, and I like when uh, there's a um, there's a really cool channel I found on YouTube called uh, what is it called? Do you know gaming or did you know gaming? Did you know gaming? Sorry, that's right. Did you know gaming? I think it's pretty cool because they go back and kind of talk about some of the making of for some of our favorite. <clears throat> yeah, people. they're good. They're good people. Good peoples. Uh, the thing I wanted to talk about was there was uh, this is this is kind of cool. Thinking about the topic we were talking about today, the topic du jour, about stuff being based on books. So I know somebody already asked in the chat if we were going to use a comic book as source mm -hmm. material. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, I thought it was interesting news that The Walking Dead, which is a show that I absolutely love, had a record-breaking premiere. There was 17 million people that watched the season five premiere this year that actually beat football in the United States. That's very yeah. impressive for AMC. It's it's huge. Um, you know, obviously broadcast numbers or broadcast numbers, so on and so forth. But to beat a football game. Football? What's on a, a Sunday. Football? Even if it's, you know, no matter what it is, if it's an NFL football game and you beat it with a show about zombies. That's pretty damn cool. I like. Oh, by the way, not to, not to to, to track tra off track you there, but uh, 
Mark Chan from Con Bravo says, did you know gaming? And he was at Con Bravo this year. Yeah, but you know what? So, so I said the name wrong. So I said, do you know gaming? <laughs> did you know? Did you know? I'm sorry. Jeez. Sue me. I'm tired. Um, but yes, good point. And I, I completely forgot that the new season of Walking Dead even started. So I'm a terrible person. Yeah, but, but uh, are you even caught up? I thought you didn't like the show. I like it. What are you talking about? You like it? Of course I do. You really like it? I do. Okay, well, we'll talk about it a little bit more. I'm, it's a good I'm, show. I'm currently wrapped up in some Doctor Who, which you said you were going to try again. Yeah, I, I did, but uh, like I, I have no time to oh, be come on. starting new shows. What do you Thanks. got? Like a baby? Yeah. Put it in the hamper and watch a few shows. Yeah, that's true. Just put it in the little thing, hit the button, let it swing. Just kick the thing a couple times. It's fine. You have a weird hamper, but yes. A hamper? You put the baby <laughs> in the hamper? What else do you do with a hamper? You put her in a bassinet. Um. Yes. So what are we talking about? I guess this is the this is the point in time where we stop pretending that we have news and notes to talk about, and we move on to the topic du jour. Ah, the topic of the day. I'll have that. That's. I'll take some of that too. Hey, by the way, dummy number two, right around the corner, less than a month away. Um, do number two. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome. Okay. I can't wait. I'm gonna see it the first freaking day it comes out. Anyway, so what are you talking about? Dumb and Dumber 2. Oh, Dumb and Dumber 2. Okay. Best <clears throat> movie ever. Yes. Um, okay, so let's move on to the topic du jour, which is the topic of the day, which we, you know, so let, let's start. Let's start by talking a little bit about, um, you know, the, the kind of phenomenon of the book was better. Why don't you let us know what your feelings are of kind of, uh, in general, this phenomenon. Well, okay, so this is the thing. We all have friends when something that is a book becomes uh, adapted for the screen, yep. whether big or little. It always seems there's a group of people who read the book before it came out, yep. and they just, I mean, they may even watch the new thing, and they may ostensibly enjoy it, but they'll always say, eh, the book was better, you know, almost invariably. And this has come really to a head for me with Game of Thrones, which we are both fans of. Yes. Uh, I have read the books. You did not. But I only read the books this past summer. So, actually, Well, wait a minute. Yeah. I mean, it's not like, I mean, I technically had read more of the books than you had before the summer. And when you say read, let's be very clear that you didn't read anything. Oh, now you're an audiobook snob? Is that what you're saying? <clears throat> I'm not an audiobook snob. You're the one that was reading the audiobooks or reading whatever that whatever that is all right the podcast anyway, topic is changing to audiobook snobs and why the commie sucks anyway we're 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 we're, we're, we're splitting hairs here the point is i had read more of the books than you had before this summer i just only read up to the show and right and i, and I kept going right. <clears throat> so, you've read all of the books but some us are not really the the, the pop the, blah, 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 the problem here uh people who Who's, have read the books before I mean, the uh, Game of Thrones as a series, or A Song of Ice and Fire, has been around since, like, 95. Yeah. It's, it's quite so, a... it was around for about 15 years, or 16 years, before the show even started. So, there are a lot of chance for a lot of people to read the books. And now they're they're pissy, for the most part. Uh, there's this one podcast I listen to, uh, a Game of Thrones podcast, that they're all book readers. They all read the books beforehand. And it's getting nigh unbearable to listen to them as the book and the the books and the show diverge more and more. Right. Which uh, is happening more and more as I read more and more. 
Yes, yes. I mean, uh, the, the first season and the first book were pretty darn close, and now the show is taking no. some liberties. Some things work better on the screen. Uh, some things they have to kind of guess at because <laughs> there's a couple of books that George R. R. Martin hasn't finished yet. Um, but it gets to the who, point. Who, who reads the audiobook, by the way? Who what? reads it? Can you, can you uh, answer me the question? Roy who Del, reads it? Roy Deltrice. Okay, I thought you were because I was about to say, if George Martin reads it, then no. it's going to be. Painful, painful time. For Roy, Roy Dotrice. Dotrice. Okay, good. Oh, he, you know who he is? He's the pyromancer in the show. Ha! Yeah. He was actually, he was actually going to be Grandmeister Pycelle, but yeah. he, he like was sick and he couldn't do it. So. Oh, my God. That's crazy. <laughs> See, this is trivia. I never, I didn't know that. That's yes. awesome. Uh, so, huh. Okay. Side tangent there. But anyway. Glad I asked. So, Glad I, I mean, asked. And so, and it gets to the point, like, the, the, the breaking point for me was after that whole the thing with that podcast and now um i came across something on youtube by the axis of awesome which is a uh, a, a you know parody type band and called Ra- and they made a song called rage of thrones where they basically are wailing against people who are only fans of the show because the book was better and they don't know what they're talking about and blah 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 and obviously it's it's some parody but you can tell there's some truth in it, <laughs> as far as these people are concerned. And yeah, so every every joke has its truth. Exactly. And so I'm, I'm I'm putting it forward. Like, well, what is causing this phenomenon? Why is it as simple as people just want to feel superior over others and in any minor way they possibly can? Yeah. And is this really just out? the the same thing as the hipster? I knew that band before they were popular. Is it as simple as that? Yeah. If yes, and then okay, then we can, I guess we can stop the podcast. I mean, I I, I don't know. I'm I'm I mean, I'm, I guess I'm, I'm I'm just guessing. That being said, I think there are some great instances of places where I I walked out of something and said the book was better, but not as a me as a means of demeaning everyone around me. Just kind of talking about the fact that I enjoyed the book and I I thought the book had uh, you know or or the source material, let's say, um, provided a better experience. Yeah, and but some people that seems to be their default position mm. they will go into something thinking the book was going to be it was is better yeah well like, i mean we'll talk about but, it beforehand. Wait. are people really saying that the book was better or are they just saying that there are th- you know i mean i i know people people were in open revolt when tom bombadil <laughs> didn't make it into the lord of the rings trilogy the, the most Jack. useless random character out there although, exactly although okay okay let's talk about let's talk about lord of the rings then um yeah Actually, no. I'm sorry. Let's let, let, let's refocus. The reasons people might say the book was better. Yeah. What they might be saying by meaning the book was better was the show or movie or whatever uh, diverged from the book, and they yes. get mad when that happens. And that, that's, okay. so that's, that's an example here with Tom Bombadil. Something that's a whole that, other story. So, yeah. well, I mean, yes, but that's what they'll say. Like, oh, the book's better because they changed this in the show. And rah, rah, rah. right, but so, that, but that doesn't make any sense. You know, that, that's well, to yeah. me. You know, there's the, the, so so that you're saying that that is kind of that's one that's one reason they say it is because it's it's simply it's not better or worse. It's different, and they hate the fact that they diverted from the original source material. It doesn't tell exactly the same story. I guess frame by frame. Of, uh, of of what the story from the source material is. Therefore, it's inferior. That's right. one way that people talk about this stuff. Basically, they read a book, which they really love, and yep. they they just want a flat you know, transcription of that material on the screen so they can basically watch the exact same story in visual right. context. Right, exactly. Uh, they don't want any and changes. It, and it fulfills all their wildest dreams of, of what they thought... <laughs> 
Brooklyn's like, bless you, in their minds. Um, so that's one reason. I think another reason would be just because, you know, I mean, you could actually walk out and say, hey, um, the, the, you know, for, for whatever reason, the adaptation, in the process of adaptation, this work was made into something inferior. Right, but I, but that's, so that's, so that's the first thing to to, and maybe there are people listening to this podcast or or, or live stream who have done this before. I almost guarantee we've all done it at some point where we there was something we loved and they changed it in a transcription and or an adaptation, I should say, and yes. we felt an affront at first. So so looking forward, you know, maybe we should try to be a little bit more open minded and ask ourselves, well, just because something's different from what we expected, does that mean it's bad? Right. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah. I, I, you know, I think for for the people that just say it, say it because it's, it's different. How do you really combat that? It, 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 there's no denying it. It's different. Right. The, the, the Game of Thrones show diverges in several key ways, even if they're small from the book in some places. Well, I mean, you get you get to it at the end of the day, and these are all just opinions. Everyone's allowed to have their opinion, but there are I don't know, there are opinions. You know, you can be really, really obnoxious with your opinion. I'll put it that way. Uh, it, it, at least try to be a little bit more open-minded. That's right. This kind of goes back to our our our, our GamerGate type show where we were talking like, hey, be a better consumer of media, um, and don't be a dickhole, and don't be a dickhole. <laughs> you know, like like the Tom Bombadil thing. Who, um, well, first off, uh, uh, oop, I already moved past it. I can't. Uh, Techie in the chat was saying how, you know, if the if the movies to Lord of the Rings were book accurate, first off, they would be about a year long each. Yeah, uh, you have to you have to realize they're gonna have to cut and modify some things. Uh, books. And by the way, I thought were. Peter Jackson. <clears throat> And Fran, his his uh, partner in life, they did a fantastic job. Yeah, I, and most people would say that they did, but there's still people that complain about things like Tom Bombadil. And someone yeah. I can't remember who, sorry, in the chat said, "Well, what the hell does Tom Bombadil bring?" If you've never read the books, he's basically this guy in the forest that the hobbits come across early in the book in, in uh, Fellowship of the Ring. Doesn't do much. Establishes a tone really for the hobbits. Pretty and, much. And That's about it. And, and, yeah. and of the Shire. Although it's funny, and here's a tangent. <clears throat> I don't remember all the I don't I don't remember all the details, but I think I saw a fan theory on Reddit once that Tom Bombadil is basically like the all-powerful source of evil in the world. <laughs> and this, this is an easy theme to read in the text, apparently. Yes, miss completely. I mean, it's been so long since I read the Lord of the Rings books, but um, and I don't remember all the details, but it was pretty amusing. It was long. It was just like picking out the tiniest, tiniest little things and saying, well, you know, because his wife doesn't talk very much, she's obviously like a water spirit, and the only thing, like there was this one section where Gandalf said water spirits can only be controlled by pure evil, and blah, 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 and he's a source of all magic, and he woke <laughs> up Sauron, and blah, blah, blah. He, once, uh, you know, the Hobbit saved the world. Tom Bombadil is going to rise from his throne after in the after in the ashes and control the universe. And it's like, wow, <laughs> wow, you're reading you're reading that one. Uh, you know, I, I <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's cool. I like that. But so the I think the one question is about difference. There is a question about adaptation. But I think Modern Robot in the chat really hit the nail on the head, right? Because I think the real pertinent question is. Does 
the the adapted material remain true to the spirit, i.e., the thematic nature of the source material. You know, do you do you think the people that adapted the work did a good job adapting the themes as well as just kind of the characters and setting? I think that's the key question here. To me, that's where you have to ask. Is the book better, or is is this is the adaptation better? Do you know is there thematically the same kind of thing there? And I've seen a lot of I've seen a lot of both, right? I think that's why Lord of the Rings was so good as an adaptation, because the Lord of the Rings movies really do a great job of taking the themes of the books and translating them into maybe a little bit different, but the same kind of themes in movie form. They make you feel the same thing. They have the same kind of um, you know, uh, highlights, and they have the same kind of themes throughout. I agree, and and here's a, here's a for instance of that. <clears throat> People rail against um, uh, Game of Thrones because of the sex, so-called sex position where yeah. they have some naked people in the background while some exposition goes on. Right. First off, you have to realize that's how you get people to pay attention. <laughs> some and people, it works. Some and people. it works. It has obviously worked because Game of Thrones is super popular. But at the same time, just because there's a change and there's like some... Well, first off, there's tons of sex in, in a Song of Ice and Fire, some of which is harsher than what is shown in the show. The show's actually been pretty tame on some parts. Um, True even with the rape and stuff which people get all up in arms about on the show but uh for example perhaps the the scene of game of thrones with the the quote-unquote worst sex position was in the first season with uh little finger and he's got like two girls yep. doing stuff to each other because they're whores and they they're learning whatever but you know what if you pay attention to what he's saying during that scene you get a sense of his character that you never get in the books because you never have a point of view from him and this is him flatly explaining his motivation. He's like, you know what? When I was growing up, I was just this tiny little lord, and I was shat upon by everyone else, and I am going to you know, figuratively F them in the A uh, because you know that's and i'm gonna do it the, my way you know i'm not gonna play their game of war out in the open i'm gonna do it my way and it's like okay when i saw that first scene obviously it, it is it's a it's a jarring scene it's it's like this is um but i i love that scene. and not for the obvious reasons not only for the obvious reasons but i mean <laughs> i love that scene because it it's everything you said but it's also more it, it becomes kind of in one sense in one flat and i'm going to call it a metaphor because i think microcosm gets overused in terrible horrible ways these days especially on espn it is a metaphor for the entirety of the series if you if you if you really look at what they're doing there right <laughs> this is a metaphor for how things happen from littlefinger's <laughs> perspective throughout the entire book right yeah. He is a, one of my favorite is, characters. Yeah, he is a puppet master that is utilizing other people that are that are interacting with each other, and he just kind of stands in the wings and manipulates them as they do their own thing to themselves. And when when they're completely done and they've killed themselves or whatever they're doing, he's standing there waiting, you know, and laughing kind of laughing at them as the puppet master. Yes, exactly. That he's is, he's 
he's being yeah. the puppet master with these girls, and that is the that is the literal or, or the you know manifestation of what he is also saying during his little monologue there. Right. He's saying, I and I think, and, and that to me is good adaptation. It takes the theme of the book because, as you said, there is no point of the book where Littlefinger has the voice, right? Right. <clears throat> um, of the of narration, so we are left to kind of wonder what Littlefinger would think. That scene to me encapsulates Littlefinger perfectly, even though that never happened in the books. Right. And, and, That's good and, adaptation. Exactly. And and yes, uh, another thing that changes from the books to the movie or to to whatever else. Uh, some things when they're transcribed, like you read them on the page. <clears throat> And, you, you know, you have a way it happens in your mind. Some things just work better on the page than, than in, you know, real life. Absolutely. Right. Uh, one, one instance I can recall, there's a scene, I think, in the second season, or second book as well, where, you know, uh, there's a riot in King's Landing, and, you know, like Joffrey and everyone is trying to escape. And the, the High Septon, basically, in the book, it says in the book, that the, high, they, the mob grabs the High Septon, and pulls him limb from limb and like rip his guts out. And you, right. you can read that and be like, oh God, that's awful. That's really yeah. like shocking and, and chilling that that's happening. Right. They pretty much did exactly that in the show and it looked comical. Right. You know, it's like, oh, here's the fat guy. And they grabbed him and all of a sudden there's guts coming out. And you're like, what, what the heck was that? That's the hell is that? stupid. Yeah. Uh, on the same manner. And so they kept, they were faithful there and it just didn't work. No, and, and 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 by the way, what difference would it make if they pulled the high septon down and like hacked him with a with an axe? Yeah, you know, you can make a you can make a difference there. That oh no, well that's different from the book. Yeah, but it works better on the screen. It makes more sense visually. Uh, the example I, where they did make a change that I think worked extraordinarily well, and and some people complained about it, but I th I thought it was a good change. Uh, so mild, I won't go into super much spoilers in case you're not caught up. But at the end of the last season, someone dies uh, in a horrific and sudden manner, <clears throat> and in the book, uh, Tyrion uh, throws up. He's like, yep. "Oh man, this is terrible." Uh, bleh, and there's my there's my breakfast. In the book, you're like, "Oh yeah, okay, I can see that. That's a pretty natural reaction." In the show, they didn't have him throw up. They just had this look of shocked horror on his face. Cut. End of episode. And I am so glad they didn't have him throw up because that would have been, again, comical. And, yes. you know, and I think it, it, would have, things it actually would have detracted. It, I think would, it would have, have totally detracted. detracted. Yeah, I mean, because the scene in and of itself, some things just work without the need for the for the writers to spell it out for you. Yes. That's called subtlety. Yes. Right? And, and sometimes, uh, and not to mention that, you know, you have that lack of internal dialogue in, in the show. So some things have, it's just got to keep an open mind folks. The, when things change, it's not necessarily automatically bad, you know, and you can do subtlety in, you know, written form. You can do subtlety in film, but they're different. The subtlety in film can be different than subtlety in a book. It's one of the reasons why I actually prefer the show to the books because they're able to do those kind of subtle things. And they're able to really, I think, de more deeply look into uh, feelings of somebody like Littlefinger, who I think is a great character and a character that obviously George Martin loves and loves to use as a, as a, uh, a target and as someone, you know, a, a big pawn in this game, but never gives voice to directly, right? So. Yes. 
uh, that's that's kind of a whole other another story. So uh, maybe we should get off the Game of Thrones thing and move to something else. How about so we talked about a little bit of Lord of the Rings, talk a little bit about Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Well, what about okay? So so where are some instances where people are right? Where where at least there are real reasons why the book is better. Yeah, than I've got the one. adaptation. Sure, go ahead. I've got one. It was the first time I think I ever had this happen to me where I went, what the hell? Um, it was, it, somebody said it in the chat, it is the Lost World, Jurassic Park. Oh, yeah. To me, the Lost World is a better book than the first Jurassic Park. Uh, it is just a complete masterpiece. It's a great, great book. And then I, you go to see the movie, and they basically kind of start the way that the book goes, but then it completely becomes something horribly different. And then there's a T-Rex in New York. Yes. Uh, that You know what? Most <clears> – <throat> okay, not most. Many Michael Crichton movies, especially after Jurassic Park, I would say, because Andromeda Strain was good, obviously. Yes. Uh, Congo. Eh, but Congo uh, – Congo wasn't a great book, to be honest. <clears throat> That's true, too. But Okay, specifically Lost World, and I'm thinking Timeline, which I also really enjoyed as a book. I've never read Timeline, it was but I've heard good, it's fantastic. It was a very good yeah. book, but the movie, not so much. I mean, you can tell that they... So those are instances where they changed a lot from the book, and it seemed to be for the reason for reasons of kind of doing it on the cheap, especially yep. in Timeline. You know, they they just skipped whole things because it's like, eh, I don't think our budget will do that. Let's let's just change that. And well, there's that too, right? In, I mean, then you get inconsistencies. It's not for reasons yeah. of storytelling. It's for no. reasons of budget. Um, and, and I think I think especially movies thirty years ago really suffered from this, right? Movies. Because before you could really build a lot of stuff up, you had to physically, you know, before you could do a bunch of CG, and there was all this kind of doctrine around that, and 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 believability, by the way, around CG. Um, you know, you had to kind of, you had to cut a lot of stuff out unless you could build it physically and put it on, on film. And that's a tough thing to do 30 years ago before there was a lot of this stuff. And there's, of course, the gross overusage of CG for which anytime you want to go see something like that, you can just turn on the sci-fi channel. But, um, you know, there wasn't that before. And as a result, you know, there are a lot of things, a lot of adaptations were made because they just couldn't. I mean, look at Jaws for Christ's sake, right? Now Jaws wasn't. I know it wasn't an adaptation of, of a novel, at least not to my. Was it an adaptation of a novel? I don't remember. Um, if it I was, I think it was, was loosely based. I don't think it was I actually. I know there was a novel. Okay, so maybe maybe I, I am thinking right. I don't think. I don't know. Honestly, point is, Jaws was very much supposed to be a different movie when they set out to make it, and then when the huge mechanical shark looked really stupid, they stopped. Steven Spielberg decided that he wanted to make a movie that was basically just like, you know, um, uh, the the fat British guy that Hitchcock. Uh, <laughs> how tired I am. The fat British um, guy. Yeah, the fat British guy that made a lot of movies. Uh, Hitchcock. He made a Hitchcockian movie where you barely see the shark at all. Mm-hmm. You only see it kind of in very limited doses when it's the scariest, and it it makes that adaptation better because he couldn't do all the crazy zany stuff with sharks that he wanted to do. It made it a better movie. The adaptation was better because it, of a limitation. Yeah, you're <clears throat> good. We, we were right. Jaws was a novel. <laughs> thank you, Modern Robot. I, th- I thought yeah, so. Thank you, Modern Robot. I thought it okay. was. Yeah, um, yeah, timeline was a catastrophe. Um, <clears throat> so, okay, yes. I, there are. So there you go. There are some instances where the book can be better for 
reasons of kind of cutting corners more or less, you know? Yeah. Uh, uh, and you know, did you read Lord of the Rings before the movie came out? No. I read part of Fellowship of the Ring before the movies the movie started coming out, and I just kind of was like, okay, well, I'll get to this later. So that and Game of Thrones, we both saw the show before we read the movie. Yes. What? What? We both saw the show or movie before we read the book, for the most part. So maybe yeah. people might say, well, you guys think this because you didn't read the book first. So I'm going to put one forward. <clears throat> Of a place where I love the book, not and it's not that the show is better, but it's mildly different, and I really love both. Um, okay. And this is a newly adapted show that is coming out on Stars. I don't know if I've told you about this yet. Uh, Outlander. Yeah, with the Scottish. Uh, it's the Scottish, Scottish lady? stuff. Scottish. Yeah. Well, it's an English lady. I've seen oh, okay. I've seen, I've seen a couple episodes of that. Oh, have you? Okay, good. Uh, yeah, so that's a that's a that's a, a series that I've been reading since college. So that's how long ago that was. And I love it. It's really great writing by Diana Gabaldon. It's a multi-part series about this. Uh, it's You could describe it as historical smut, but there's a lot more to it than that. Yeah. Um, there is like this English lady uh, who um, it was a combat nurse in World War II, and right after the world, e- right after the world ends, right after the war ends, uh, she gets kind of sent back in time through mysterious reasoning to uh, about 200 years earlier in Scotland, which is, uh, in case you don't know your Scottish history, was right before a big rebellion happened yes. against the British. So she kind of gets caught up in these political machinations and and this, that, and the other. And it's, and it's really, you know, thrilling and interesting. And there's actually very good uh, romantical things going on as well. You know, like they have a very good relationship. I think one of the best written relationships out there. Um oh. Movie, the books were great, and the show is like halfway through its first season now. They're in a half season break, uh, which gotcha. is halfway through the book, and it's fantastic. Uh, That's I, good. I highly suggest anyone who is out there to see it. Like I said, it's on Stars, which is not your most common cable channel, but it's very good. Um, so I, they had some very good actors in it. When I because I, I haven't, I wasn't able yeah. to really follow what was going on, but some of the actors in that show, um, most of them, I've names. seen. In a lot of, but I've seen some of those folks in some um, really heavy hitting stuff. Like the bad guy is Edmure Tully from Game of Thrones. That's I was about to say there was somebody from yeah. Game of Thrones that was in it who was really good in the show. Yeah, because like, in Game of Thrones he doesn't have a chance to do much, but in the show he's very good. I, I was about to say he had some kind of like soliloquy at one point, and I was like, "Holy crap, this guy's good." Yeah, so I, I highly suggest that, and that's one instance where I'm like, you know what? They changed some things for the show, and I don't care. They're both good. Um, yeah. And if they're going in a different direction than the book, I'll be like, well, I understand. Whatever. Yeah. Tell me this new story. I'm interested to see this new story. Let's try it. So Yeah. So so uh, you've got one that, that works pretty well. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I've got one that really didn't work well uh, for a lot of reasons. You know, what do you think, by and large, what do you think about the whole phenomenon, by and large? Do you think that, it, that there are more done well, or do you think there are more done poorly, or do you think it's 50-50? That's difficult. Um, wow, that is actually really hard to say. It's tough, right? I mean, because I think I, I think the I think the you know, knee jerk reaction would be to say, "Oh, well, it's clear. You know, adaptations are never as good as the source material, or at least they're not as good as the source material most of the time." Um, but I'm not sure that's true. I don't know if there is a hard and fast rule. Uh, yeah. I, I think it might be more fifty fifty than anything else. 
It really, yeah. it really depends. Um, I'm kind of thinking the same thing. Although I would still lean toward more adaptations being bad, and part of that is because adaptations are all about taking the work of someone else and adapting it to a different medium for which it was never intended. Um, it's one of the reasons why Tolkien never liked any of the adaptations of Lord of the Rings. Um, right. And, he didn't obviously live to see the uh, Peter no. Jackson movies, but yeah. No. But, but all the adaptations that were proposed to him or executed while he was alive, he said, were, were just ridiculously bad. And he thought they were kind of a, you know, kind of didn't get the point, right? And I think it's one of the reasons why, yes, for example, Ayn Rand never wanted to see uh, Atlas Shrugged get made into films. You know, right? This is, it's a pretty common phenomenon. Well, actually. That, that's the phenomenon of the unfilmable book, right? Right. Which a which, lot of which people George, said George Martin started. Yeah. Song of Ice and Fire because he knew it could never be made into a film. And to be fair, it can't be made into a film. It has it to be into made into a multi-year mini or not mini series, but a multi-year series for it to really work. It, um, it can't. The only way it could have worked, and, and it's perfect for this moment in time when television is. This is the renaissance of television. Television is the most artistic medium out there now. Film has lost cachet to television, believe it or not. <laughs> uh, and, and you know what? Uh, something I forgot to mention, uh, maybe it's going to go out on, but Modern Robot noted, uh, and I agree, that the, uh, the film versions of The Hobbit are probably not as good as the book in that they change. So, like, there's no reason for it to be a trilogy. Yeah. Uh, it's really not The Hobbit. It's The Hobbit plus The Cimmerillion plus some other stuff. Like right. from the world of Middle Earth, right. and it's 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 turned into a giant kind of overwrought mess. Is too strong a word. It's not like they're bad, really. But I think that as a story, The Hobbit works better the, as the book than as the tr- ridiculous trilogy it's become. Right. Uh, whereas, <laughs> yeah, the, I mean, whereas they, Lord they, of the Rings, really... the movies, I would say, are at least a good com- compa- companion to the books. And they, they had to put a lot of hodgepodge of stuff together to make that do a three series. I mean, you know, they had friggin' Evangeline Lilly from Lost as an elf in the new Hobbit movies, and I wasn't very big fan of that. Yeah. Um, not that I'm a fan of Evangeline Lilly. I love her. But I'm not really, I'm not really a big fan of that, uh, kind of just making up characters and making up entire storylines just to make sure that you can make three movies. That just seems like a money grab. But yes, uh, so Ayn Rand was a screenwriter in Hollywood, but so was George Martin. I mean, one of the things that, that he really started a song of Ice and Fire for was because he got so sick of writing for other people, got so sick of writing for the screen. Yeah, that's true. He wanted to produce something that was absolutely, you know, what he wanted and not something that would be adapted by others, which is what happens to writers all the time in Hollywood. You have to kind of... Uh, take your ideas, bounce them off of other people, and then what they say goes, goes, even though it's your work. And he hated that idea, so he wanted to write his own thing that was basically unfilmable and his magnum opus, which is where Song of Advice and Fire comes from. Here's an interesting thought, though. One thing we haven't talked about, I think, is really, um, and folks are talking about it now, are, is, is the, the comic adaptation, which is a fairly new phenomenon. Yes, I, I was actually going to say probably the most famous instance I think in the comic book world of the book was better is from from one of the biggest comic book writers out there, which is uh, Alan Moore, who kept having his stuff, you know, adapted to the screen, and right. at some point just said, "Screw it, I don't want to have anything to do with this anymore because they're all turning out terrible." I think it was right. League of Extraordinary Gentlemen that made him finally turn. Yeah. Um, ironically, though, I mean. Uh, Watchmen, 
I really liked. I mean, I liked Watchmen. And, and I, know, I, I own it. It's on DVD. I think it's a great movie. And except for the very sp- specific ending, you know, like the very specific one specific moment in the end of the, at the end of the film, it is a very. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? <clears throat> it's very. To the source material, it's very um, close, or it's it's faithful. Or faithful, it's... thank you. It's very faithful to the source material. It's like a lot of people said, "Well, you might as well just read the book." And then it's like, "Well, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't." You know, some pe- right. some people will say like, "Oh, you cannot you cannot stray from the book at all," and other people will say like, "Oh, well, it's too close to the book." So I mean, you know, the, the, the but again, thematically it works, yeah. right? Th- thematically, when you read the, the comic book, you sum it all up. Yeah. Who and... watches the Watchmen? Right. Yeah. You, you you watch the movie. Who watches the Watchmen? I get it. The theme works. It works in both ways. And I think Zack Snyder directed that movie. Now Zack yeah. Snyder He's good with directed comic movies. other comic book movies mm-hmm. that might have not been so great. Um, but I think he did a great job with Watchmen. I really do. Yes. I, I'm um, not so sure. I mean, 300 is also a, a very good movie. I haven't seen the sequel yet. I've heard it's pretty awful. Um, oh, probably. I also didn't he also do Sin City? I heard the sequel was not good to that either. But no, uh, the, the Sin City was done by uh, Robert Rodriguez. Oh, that's what I'm sorry. Yeah. So, which is much more kind of Tarantino-esque. That's a whole other can of worms. Um, also, uh, Alan Moore apparently did an erotic comic series about Alice in Wonderland, Dorothy of Oz, and Wendy of Peter Pan. Huh, interesting. Didn't that, know that. That would be an interesting movie. Yeah, I, I would not probably see that. Um, yeah, you would. So... The other thing I was going to talk about with the comic book adaptation is The Walking Dead, which I have never read the comic books for. But, you know, this is an instance of something where I have seen the adaptation and have absolutely no desire to read the source material. So, uh, and, and I'll, I'll defend that position for a second. When, okay. we, when we started watching, a, you know, Game of Thrones, the show, right, mm-hmm. and getting through some of it, I started asking myself, man, Am I missing subtlety here? Am I missing nuance? You know, I, I love this universe. I want to know more about it. I want to. I want to know all the nitpicky kind of stuff. And I think part of the reason that I started reading the books, going back after you know before the show, essentially, and reading up to where I had seen in the show, I wanted to pick those things out. That was a primary motivation. Yeah, maybe that's me. I don't know. No, I but, think a lot of people are like that. Yeah, but when I saw when I saw The Walking Dead, I think the show does such a great job of pulling out thematically some really cool elements, like the the fact that humanity becomes its strongest when it's up against kind of its craziest odds, right? The fact that uh, people die a- a- alone, but they live well together, right? It's t- together is how survival happens for humanity. There are a lot of great, um, you know, themes in the show that. I, I enjoy so completely. I have absolutely no desire. There's no subtlety and nuance that I feel like I'm missing that I need to go read the comic books to understand. Sure. So it's one of those things where, where you know, I've 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 read the ad or I've seen the adaptation and I have no desire at all to go read the source material. I have mild desire, but not a lot. I, I do understand that the comic books are very different yeah. from the show. And you know what yep. the funny thing is, is that it's so different that most people agree. That's good. It's good yeah. that because there's there's no middle ground for people to kind of get pissed off at. They very like book readers or comic book readers of the of Walking Dead go to the show and they're like, oh, this is wildly different. Okay, and then it's like there's something in their mind that kind of switches and they're like, this is basically like the same universe but a completely different 
story. Uh, all right, let's let's start this and see what happens. You know, yep. very rarely do I, not very, more rarely I think than others do I see people directly comparing the show to the comic book in that way because right. they're so different. Maybe that's a good way to go. And I I think it looks more and more this the more details <clears throat> that leak about season five of Game of Thrones. Not to keep going back to that, but it's the kind of the hottest thing right now. But uh, I know I can't read anything right now. I'm like. No, but it's it looks like they are taking even more drastic changes from the books, and I think that's a necessary thing for them to do uh, for multiple reasons. But including the fact that they're running out of source material. (laughs) Well, yeah, they're going to have to start kind of making it up as they go along. Uh, Luckily, they have JJ or uh, JJ Martin, George R. 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 Martin, they have George R. Martin on staff. Me said no one crunching. Yeah, I, I think you're right. And I, people mentioned a couple other adaptations that are out there that they think are pretty good, like Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. I don't know, but the movie was pretty trippy. Um, yeah. You know, some of the Kubrickian stuff. Um, you know. Uh, so some master movies. I'll say that. Just, I mean, 2001 is drastically different, I believe, in his adaptation than Arthur C. Clarke's book, right? And it is, you know. But the themes are still there, right? Mankind, you know, is using these huge technological adaptations, but really at the end of the day, they're the same as the tools we created on Earth to separate ourselves from nature. You know, as we get kind of closer to the, to the, to the you know, what we think of as the greatest human experience, we reflect back on ourselves, right? All that crap. All that crap, right? And then, so that was, that was good. Um... You know what? What's interesting for me is some of the Stephen King stuff out there. And you mm-hmm. you read more Stephen King books than I have. So what do you think about that? My mom's read a lot of Stephen King. And oh. I, I, have I read a Stephen King book all the way through? I've read lots of bits and pieces. Okay. Um, and maybe not. I, I thought I thought you had read more Stephen King. I, I just remember seeing all those books on your mom's shelf, and I was thinking that you had read yeah. all of those no, no. Um, but but, like, but I, saw, I saw some of the movies, and they're kind of like, okay. I know more about the books than I probably would otherwise because of that. But, man, she'd be great to answer this. I have the feeling she would probably say it's it's a hit and miss. But the, there's so many different ways that Stephen King novels have been adapted. Movies, miniseries, series, you yep. know. Uh, from what I understand, Under the Dome, the book is much better than the series. Uh, I can't really watch the series. It's that bad. Um, <laughs> the Stand, the... Um, the, the mini series is supposed to be pretty good. Um, yeah. uh, what, what's what's like one of the better known Stephen King? Carrie. It. It. Uh, it was pretty spooky. Uh, I thought Tim Curry as the friggin' clown was the scariest thing in the world. Yeah, yeah, that was a, that was definitely some good stuff. Uh, actually, one thing uh, from the book that they did not adapt to the mini series, unsurprisingly, was this one point where basically. All of the teenage boys have sex with the teenage girl in order to uh, make the the clown, I don't know, it's like goodness in their heart or something weird. It's something very weird in Stephen King that makes you go, whoa, whoa, what, huh? And so there are instances where it's good to to change things from the book, but um, I I would say that's probably probably more of a mixed bag um, of the Stephen King stuff. And we didn't even get into things like Harry Potter uh, uh, yeah, no, that's Hunger true. Games. There's all sorts. At the very least, Harry Potter and Hunger Games are of such high quality in production. Yeah. It's not. It's not an easy call, 
uh, to say which is better. It's kind of like Lord of the Rings. It's like, well, they both have their pluses and minuses, you know? Absolutely. You, you could easily say, I like this better than that. and But, you know, you have to admit that the other is still good, essentially. You do. And, and I mean, it, they're just two completely different media. You know, I mean, reading about... You know this romance between you know uh, characters in a, in a novel is just different than it is seeing it on the screen and feeling the emotions of the music and yeah. you know all that kind of it's just different you know I mean it's it, it's not that it's better it's not that it that it's just far and away uh, you know better way to consume a story I just think it's different and you know it has different elements to it as a result so. Anyway, I don't know that we really solved anything. Uh, it's probably time to move on, but I think it's I like how you end every one of our topics by saying that. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't <laughs> think we really resolved anything, though. We really, we really didn't come well, to any yeah. conclusions. Well, sometimes we do come to conclusions. I think we come to conclusions sometimes. Um, but anyway, yeah. So th- th- this one in particular, I'm not sure we solved at all. But I think uh, to some extent, right? I we like the. Um, you know, the, the, the fact that there are some good positive adaptations, we certainly have seen plenty of misses. Um, but I don't, I'm, I'm like you, I don't think there's a hard and fast rule that they always suck or always are good or that even a, ma- a great majority suck and a majority are good. It just kind of <laughs> happens. Uh, Echo Screen Live, <clears throat> a lot of sound and fury signifying nothing. Very signifying good. nothing that's us that's that's absolutely us all right all right so uh now we need to move into the question and answer portion of the program several of you have already asked questions that you would like answered on air for those of you that have not you can simply tweet me at it's the commodore which i'm putting in the chat right now mm-hmm. uh and that's why i have to look down at the keyboard because i can't type like i did back in typing class in the sixth grade put your fingers on the little nubbins yep and the the nubbins which I've never heard them called the nubbins before. So I thought that was officially what they were the, called. No, they're the they're the they're the nubbins. So <laughs> folks, you learned it here. They're that's what they're called, the nubbins. Um, I'm not even going to think of other ways that that word can be utilized. Anyway, so just send me a little tweet over there. Tweet at me. It's the Commodore. Uh, let me know what questions you have, and we will answer them on the air live, as we always do. You ready for some questions? Yep. Are you ready for some questions? The Wednesday night party. <laughs> Is that the new theme for the Echo Screen Live questions <laughs> section? They got the Commodore and Rue and you, of, you officially need to sing that every time we have question and answer time now. Yeah, no, not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, bop, 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 bop. Shane asks, do you think we've reached a point in gaming where there's no gamer label because we're all gamers in some way? That's a good question. It's a damn good question. As in, like, everyone in the world is a gamer in some way? Yeah. In other words, now that gaming is so ubiquitous, you know, I mean, well, I mean, hasn't played video games on their phone. In the same way that there are uh, cinephiles or audiophiles, you know, people who are more into music or movies or even TV than others. In that way, there are still gamers. You know, Just because everyone will watch TV at some point doesn't mean that they know a lot about TV. Like a gamer in my mind is someone who kind of makes it their hobby. They're up on the news. They know what's coming out. Right. You know, they're, they're an enthusiast. Ha- yeah, exactly. You know, that, that, that more than anything is, is to me what a gamer is. You know, 
I've never said enthusiast in my mind in my entire life before. So when I tried to say it incorrectly, it still tried to come out correctly. You mispronounced it, and now Sarah is going to be upset at you. Yeah, it's so true. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's a great point. I, I, I think, I, I, without getting too philosophical, I think all of us do play games to a, to a certain extent now. And whether or not that distinguishes us as a species is another conversation. But I think what it does do is uh, it signifies the fact that, that, all of, that gaming is more pronounced, it is more available, it is more mainstream than it has ever been before. And when something is that ubiquitous as i said before it's harder to kind of poke fun and 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 make it something that is persona non grata you can still poke at it and make fun and satirize it and everything else um but you know the gamer label seems a little bit more meaningless now just because everybody does play video games to a certain extent that being said it's kind of the whole trekkie trekker you know dichotomy we talked about before or not even dichotomy those are just kind of two different terms picking nits basically Picking nits, yep. So, you know, I mean, you know, maybe maybe a Trekkie is somebody that's like, you know, way overdosing on their love of Star Trek to the point where they know every single thing. And a Trekker is just somebody that really interest, is interested in it, likes it, but isn't necessarily obsessed with it. You know, maybe this is the same kind of thing with gamer. We just don't have that figured out. We, we have the term hardcore gamer now, which somehow denotes that you are somebody that plays Call of Duty or Halo. You're not a uh, dirty casual. <laughs> yeah, not dirty, not a dirty casual. Filthy casual. Uh, I have a question from the chat that I cool. want to ask. It's, right, from, it. it's from Techie, and it says, why take questions via Twitter when we have IRC now? Oh, that's a good point. And, but, you know, <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, part, part of that is because, you know, because we've changed chat uh, so, mechanisms so, so many times. We, we, should, we should do IRC as well. We should do both. We should do we should do both and and uh, by the way, folks, if you would like to ask a question to me on the IRC channel, all you have to do is right click my name over in the right right hand corner. That is Commodore one twenty eight. Sound sound familiar? Just right click that and send me a private message. I will take questions. <clears throat> by the way, Chad, I almost picked you up a shirt in Portland. That was pretty awesome uh, about Commodore sixty or Commodore sixty four. Oh God, I would have worn it every day. Okay, well, it wasn't Commodore one twenty eight. That's okay. Okay. Well, now I feel bad because I didn't get it. Oh boy. That's okay. I still have something for you for Christmas. Oh, good. Yeah. I good. meant to give a few uh, to you at the marathon last year, but you'll just have to use it this year. Remind me. Nice. Very good. Okay, that sounds good. All right. What's your question from the chat that you'd like to? Oh, that was it. Oh, that was the question. That was the question. I thought <laughs> I thought you were building to something really impressive. Also, boxers or briefs. Oh well, that's not an impressive question. <laughs> and I say briefs. So what you're saying is, direct quote, what's in my briefs is not impressive, the Commodore. Um, why are you building fodder for the people out there? <laughs> why do you do this to me? Uh, you know, it's uh, the SpongeBob SquarePants thing. Let's uh, see. Look at my underwear. Yeah, hi, look at my underwear. All right, so let's see. Um, let's see. Somebody that I've never met before in my life and don't know at all called... Murder Chan. Is that your asks, brother? Yeah. Well, it's it's actually it's actually Hidoshi. Slash. Oh, okay. But anyway, do you think it's easier to compress books or comic books for adaptation? That's a damn good question. To compress? 
I think he didn't necessarily mean compress as much as he meant, you know, to adapt. To adapt, right? So, do you think it's easier to adapt books or comics? Uh, compressing is probably a whole other conversation. You're right. Wow, um, isn't, that, isn't that hard? Isn't that a tough question? I think it's a tough question. It depends because you can adapt to movies, you can adapt to TV miniseries, you can adapt to series, and you can adapt. I mean, you can have long comic books or short comic books, or you can have characters that span decades, like Superman. You know, that's adapting from a comic book, but it's not really a comic book. It's a bajillion comic books that you have to pick and choose what you want your origin story to be, basically. Stuff like that. Uh, yeah. Whereas books can be, you know, they can be short, like The Hobbit, and you can make them into a trilogy. Or they can be, you know, seven novels long, and there's talk <laughs> of putting them into a into a film, like, uh, like uh, Game of Thrones, but... Right. Uh, uh, man, that's a hard one. I abstain courteously. Yeah, it's a tough question. I I think um, I think they both have really tough elements to them. I think comics, in a way, are more difficult because you already have the visual established to a certain extent. Well, maybe that makes it easier because a lot of times what happens is you know, well, pretty much every time a film is made, there's some kind of storyboard, and generally storyboards resemble comics, yeah. right? So maybe comics kind of give you, and I, I remember watching, I think, a making of for like Watchmen or something like that, and Zack Snyder was talking about the fact that some of the cool shots he put into the movie were basically straight rips from what from a slide inside the comic where there was a cool angle or, you know, people were uh, kind of positioned in a weird way for, for action, as it were. And that, that gave him the inspiration or gave him the, the, the camera angle he wanted to use in the direction for, now, the, for that now, scene. Now I can adapt that question to, is it easier to create an adaption for comic book fans or for book fans? And I would say probably book fans because comic book fans can be very exacting in their standards. I would say book fans are pretty pretty much right there too. But I, I agree, by and large, comic book fans are pretty difficult to satisfy. You know, pretty much everything that you can think of, you know, even like the Spider-Man movies and everything, which I thought were, by and large, pretty good for what they were. They're just pop culture movies. You know, the old not... ones or the new ones? Uh, the the old ones. I haven't seen The Amazing Spider-Man. Man, you don't need to waste your time. Yeah, that's what I figured. Uh, it's It looks like tween drama. Point is, I, I actually like the Tobey Maguire movies. I thought they were pretty good. They're, are they Shakespeare? Absolutely not. But I thought they were a good adaptation of, of Spider-Man. And you, you can agree or disagree and say, Spider, this isn't Spider-Man at all. And, what, and, and I've seen these videos on YouTube. This isn't Spider-Man. What the hell is this? Mm. But, you know, to me, I, I thought they did a good job. And um, I don't know. I, 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 to me, that is, it's harder to please all the comic book fans. I don't know why. Was Buckaroo Banzai an adaptation? Or was it just a movie? I think it was just a movie. Didn't we rent that one time? Yeah. We rented that one time just to watch it, and I was like, this is so underwhelming. Hey, it's not even fun. wherever you go. There you are. There you are. You should try watching it again. You might enjoy it more. Yeah, now that you're not yeah. a cynical, jaded teenager in the 90s. What with your Nirvana and your your hair metal. And your, your Pearl Jam. And your slap bracelets. And your Macarena. Your bag phones. <laughs> what I had made a bag phone. All right, so uh, let's see. Ah, good friend of the program, Psychopather has a question, and it's mostly for you. So I get to take a break. Yay! Are you, are you, are you, this? Is so, this Smash Brothers uh, 
Should be. No. <laughs> what is what is the single greatest game to never be released in the United States? Smash Brothers. The end. Wow, you're bad at this. That's hard. Um, you know, I was talking with an Australian over in Portland uh, the other day. <clears throat> and uh, we were talking a little bit about uh, some games, uh, old games that came out, obviously, because it was a retro gaming expo. And he mentioned Terranigma because they got it there. They went, they got Terranigma literally everywhere but North America, which is, that's rare kind of for that to happen. Like, even yeah. even Europe got it. Um, yeah. That's the first one that comes to mind. I don't know if that's the single greatest that never came out. I'm not super knowledgeable about import gaming. Um, but that's the first one I can think of, for sure. Uh, I, don't, I don't think has... Um, Mother 3 never came out here. Oh, you know what never came out here one. that I would love to play is a Rondo of Blood. Uh, ooh, that's that true. That's yeah. true. That never did. It was Dracula X, which was pretty different. It was very uh, different. Rondo of Blood is an excellent game. See? It really is, yes. Uh, man, that Turbo CD. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of them. Um, there's there's three for you. Mother 3 and Terra Enigma and Rondo of, Castlevania Rondo of Blood. I love it. I uh, love it. Mr. Gimmick on the NES is also excellent. That's that that would be a classic if it came out on the NES. It'd be like on a lot of top 10 lists. The music's all, it's by Sunsoft. It was a late release. It was uh it's very difficult. Uh great platforming, uh interesting mechanics and the music is awesome. Anyway. Nice. Nice. Yes. That's a uh, Super Grubba asks, which no, video game mechanic would you like to have in life? E.g. Portal Gun from Portal, the Time Shift from Braid, blah, 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 blah. Ooh, Time Shift from Braid would be a very good one. That would be a good one. Or the, the, um, the Sands of Time from... Oh, yeah, similar kind of similar mechanic. Similar kind of idea, yeah. The Time Shifting from Braid had a lot of different aspects to it. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, kind of... It on itself. The, the, I'm going to cheat and go ahead and take that because you know you watched Heroes, right? When that came out, Heroes, Horios, no, Horios, no. uh, Hero from Heroes had the time shifting ability, and that was by far the, the best one. It was like the most all powerful one. You know, uh, everyone else was like, "Oh, you can like, you're strong, you 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 go fast. I can yep. freaking stop time. How do you like me now?" Yeah, I know. You it's know. like. You pretty much trump everything else. Um, man, this is a tough one. The 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 portal gun idea is pretty cool, but it could that get would be very pretty dangerous without <clears throat> all of the uh, made up gear they put on the on the main character in that, where like she can bounce and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, because like if you couldn't do that, you would just kill yourself almost immediately with a portal gun. And I'm I'm scared of heights as it is, so I don't think I'd do very well with that. Uh, man, that's tough. Your brain's broken, isn't it? My my brain is broken, but there's so many great games with so many different abilities. It's it's kind of difficult to even think about. Um I mean, some of the, some of the, huh, some of the, the casting abilities and things like that from certain games is pretty cool. I mean, the idea to just be able to, it's like, like magic casting. 
things. Yeah, like so, like you know, from Skyrim or from even from a Bioshock or something like that would be pretty cool. Um, there were some interesting, you know, uh, tonics from Bioshock that I think would be kind of weird to have. I don't think I'd want to have those too too much. But like like the ones with wind that like spin people into a twister or whatever that wouldn't be very very cool. That wouldn't make you very popular at parties. Um, anyway, I'll go with something lame like that. <laughs> uh, let's see. How about? Um, let's see. How about this one? All right. So uh, Matt asks, if a book was written about your life, what fantasy world would you want it set in, and why? That's a great question. Wow. What a great question, huh? This is this not is Game of Thrones. People deliver. Yeah, that would be bad. I, I wouldn't want my life being told in Game of Thrones either. I, I love that. I love that. The, that series, but that is the worst yeah. world to live in. Everyone gets shat upon. Mm-hmm. Um, Harry Potter I, would be really cool. I don't think those words have ever been said by anyone over the age of 13. So, congratulations. It'd be really cool. And there's her really cool. And she's yeah. pretty. She's pretty. I like girls. <laughs> <laughs> I'm creepy Rob Lowe. Um, <laughs> don't be creepy me. Don't, don't be creepy, Rob. I like to watch people. I'm down at the rec center watching people swim. Um, I would say I'm gonna go with Harry Potter. It's, it's a great. That's a great one. Uh, <laughs> my life. I I don't know. I was gonna say I I love the Halo universe, but that wouldn't be a very good place to tell the story of my life either. So I don't think that would be very good. It would be very anti-heroic. You'd be the anti-hero? Then, yeah. Then he graduated college. Yay. Yay. He went to the Space Marines. He went to the Space Marines. Or he, he watched all of his friends go to the Space Marines and didn't go himself. See, see. Um, <clears throat> oh, 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 what? Or, or Auroboros Choked says, why Harry Potter? It's a world of magic and almost nobody does any magic. Well, yeah. See, I joined that world cool. and I'd start doing magic. What do you want? Yeah, I think that's really cool. I think it's a great idea, actually, because it's kind of like it's almost more science fiction-y because you just kind of change one rule, which is that magic exists. And yeah, otherwise else. it's the same world, same. pretty much. So. Yeah. I can deal with I like, that. That's a good idea. I like that. I like, I like your thinking there. You know what? I would say my favorite, probably my favorite world of video games in general has to be probably the Elder Scrolls. So I would, I would love to have my life told inside the Elder Scrolls. And, uh, you know, like little bits and pieces of my life written in tomes that you discover randomly around the world. That would be pretty cool. So many tomes that I, of course, have to pick up and read because I cannot not. Because you always think that there's something to do. And in Skyrim, the more you read, the more knowledge you gain and your stats improve. So, Mm. Uh, Oh, neat. Where did I leave off? Apparently, Ouroboros is the snake that eats its own tail. Oh. FYI, little tip for everyone out there. I always thought, I thought the Ouroboros was the virus in. Uh, oh yes, it was. It was the virus in Resident Evil Four, the Ouroboros vi- virus. Maybe right? eats its own tail. Yeah, see, there you go. Um, let's see. Chris asks, what about cons- what about concept album adaptations like Tommy or The Wall? What do you think? That's Man, more that's a question a, for you. That's a great question. I mean. I'm going to tell you something right now. This is this is a this is this is something that differentiates me from like somebody like my father. 
I think Tommy is quite possibly the worst thing ever put on film. <laughs> Tommy okay. sucks. It sucks. Now, I'm not saying the music of Tommy sucks. I think Tommy's music is pretty good. Oh, yeah. Pinball Wizards classic. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Um, but I just... I don't even like 70s music, but I think that's good. Tommy just sucks. The wall is a little bit different, right? I mean, the wall in and of itself is such a is such great material, so different than the Who. You know, the Who write a concept album about. I mean, what what is what is what is Tommy really about? Is it is it is it supposed to help us like appreciate people with differences more? Is it supposed to help us, you know, realize that there's good buried deep down or great things buried deep down, even in the simplest of us? I don't. I can't figure out the theme of Tommy. <clears throat> But the wall is so much more kind of deep and um, more about kind of the, 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 the conundrums of existence. To me, that's interesting. So I like the wall. I, I thought the adaptation of the wall was pretty good. That being said, I saw the wall as a kid and it scared the living crap out of me. I can see that. Especially because of all the like, cartoons and stuff that they do in the middle, which seem to be completely ancillary to the story, unless you have the sensibility to kind of unpack critically what's going on there the 70s were good for making cartoons that would take uh children off their guard and then scare the crap out of them basically yeah and of course it was the adaptation of yellow submarine which is absolutely horrible as well so i guess i guess i'm i'm batting i'm batting pretty badly here chris on on the adaptations they're probably pretty bad and i that's a good also uh, michael jackson oh no michael jackson didn't make a concept album into a movie he just had moon walker right the only good part of that is smooth criminal yeah which, which is, is still pretty weird s- but it is sweet. But it's yeah. very cool. Sweet. Yeah. It's, it, it's it's like coolness personified, basically that yeah. that scene. Uh, also, an ac- iconic moment from a video game that people will always remember, but wasn't even that great of a game, is the Smooth Criminal level from the Michael from Jackson Moonwalker, game. Moonwalker. Yeah. Uh, there are a few people in the chat saying um, the message of Tommy is that drugs help. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I, I but I think you can say that about just about every adaptation 70s movie <laughs> from a concept album from the 70s yeah okay um let's see let's see dylan asks what video game made oops what video game moment slash level made you rage more than ever before i'm talking controller throwing levels of anger here that's a good question everyone talks about the water temple from ocarina of time and that is a hard one um there are several. There are several levels of like like some of the Wily stages in Mega Man Two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Make me make me hurt so badly. Um, Fudge. I mean, well, anybody that's ever watched the marathon knows how badly I hate Lester the Unlikely when it gets to later <laughs> in the game, especially when we found out last year that even if you do something absolutely perfectly right, it will still kill you for no reason. So. In the fact that the game is actually broken. Mildly broken. Yes. Kind of like Eek the Cat. Yeah. That game is awful. That should be yours. That's very good. Um, hmm. That's a good question. I don't, Isn't have, it? I don't have that off the top of my head. Um, crap. Blah, 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 blah. Dead air, dead air, dead air. Um, you can sing more songs. I mean, you know, whatever you like. No, I got like Tommy in my head. 
and uh, the wall. Um, <laughs> his feelings. Um, sugar. Uh, super Ghouls and Ghosts is super hard. That game. Oh, that game is so hard. I, I, I hate that. You're right. That's, that's, that's a winner. I hate that game. I just remember because I got that also when I was a kid and I was just like, oh. So what are you supposed to do exactly? Because you like you, you keep dying so much, you think that that's not the way you're supposed to go. Yeah. Like, well, okay, I must be doing something. <laughs> also, the um, the the speed bike level in Battletoads definitely oh. got me. Yeah. Uh, never got past that. Yeah, uh, yeah pretty much. <laughs> yeah, we got a good list going there. Um, let's see. Blue No Go asks, what do you think makes for a good soundtrack for a book adaptation? I think the answer to that is actually that, you know, just what we've said from the beginning, which is that good adaptations are about taking thematically what the source material is about and translating that into a new medium. It's exactly the same for a, for a soundtrack. Soundtracks should take themes from the source material and develop them in a way that they are represented in the music. Um, that can be done in a lot of ways. You know, I think Martin Scorsese does a great job of using specifically the Rolling Stones music, because that seems to be all he uses these days, um, using the Rolling Stones music to tell stories thematically about some of the movies that he makes. You know, those, that, that, that soundtrack wasn't written for that. Those, those songs were not written about that you know, source material specifically, but he uses the music of others to express some of the themes from source material, and I think that's a great idea. I was actually thinking about uh, when you said Scorsese, uh, Goodfellas, which is an adaptation of a of a book. There you go. Uh, and I was thinking specifically of the scene where like all the people are who did the job are found dead, and Layla's playing in the background. Right. Uh, but like the calm, kind of ending part, and it's just like yeah. that. That's an iconic Scorsese montage. It, it absolutely scene is. Here. He, he loves he loves leaving people in the midst of destruction. Yep, and and uh, he does a damn good job of it. But 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 to, you know, on the other side of things, you could easily talk about another one of the most famous adaptations, which is The Godfather, and think about the iconic music from The Godfather, which is very much kind of man. A lot of things are adapted. Traditional, <laughs> yeah, traditional Italian. No, yeah. Music, yeah, yeah, but done in a way that that also kind of mixes with you know the kind of the, the classical beats of new America at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I love that too. You know, the fact that thematically it kind of represents the source material as well, which is why I think it's good. So I'm not sure that there's a hard and fast rule for that. Mr. Blue, no go. All right. King wizard. What do you think of fifth edition or D and D next? Also? Oh yeah. Also regarding concept albums. Do you like Coheed and Cambria? I do like Coheed and Cambria, but I'm also a progressive rock kind of guy. Um, that being said, me. I've I've never been I've never been a huge Coheed and Cambria fan. No. Wonder, I'm wondering if you should do a music podcast at one point where you can just talk the whole time and I can like play Smash Brothers on 3DS or something. That's a great idea. We'll do we'll do it during the marathon. Okay. Start, um, randomly start talking about we'll do a music hour. So what was the actual question? The actual <laughs> yeah sorry the actual question is what do you think of Fifth Edition or oh, D&D? Yeah, you haven't had a chance to play that, right? I haven't played it now. I played uh, like 16 hours of it at, uh, not MAGFest, uh, Gen Con this year, and it was pretty awesome. I think it's really good. I haven't had a chance to play it in a more casual setting yet, but um, I got the book, and I am anxious to learn more. It seems like they kind of took the best from 
3.5 and 4 and, and yep. smashed them together. Added a few new things. Um, simplified where necessary, but also made it still customizable and interesting. Yep. It's good. It's good. Uh, I, think, I think they did everything they promised they were going to do. And I haven't even played it yet, but I can tell you just from kind of scouring the rules as I've done and watching all the reviews and videos of play and everything that I can get my hands on, it's pretty sweet. Yeah. Uh, in, t- in, talk- in talking with some of the uh, people from the dev you know, from the development group from Wizards of the Coast, where <clears throat> obviously hanging out at Gen Con and stuff, and we were talking to a few of them saying that we really liked it. And they said that they'd gotten that sentiment from a lot of people the week yeah. that weekend. So um, that seems to be a pretty common uh, Got to be doing something sentiment. right. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to go to the last one here. This right. is again from Mr. Murder Chan. Uh, and it ties back into something that I forgot to talk about in the news and notes. Gamergate? Gamergate? Nope. But it's something I forgot to talk Game. about in the news and notes. It's not Gamergate. Uh, question. So was David Lynch's Dune the best movie or the best movie? I've never seen that one. Yes, you have. We watched it at Michael's. I probably fell asleep. You, you did because it's like 20 hours long. <laughs> uh, it's probably doing something completely different. Yeah, so I, you know, I... Dune is an acquired taste. It's like a fine wine. And or part of it is because of the... the seltzer water. The special effects. But I think it, in, some, in some areas, just the, the, the mood and the themes of that movie are so laid on so thick. I like Kyle MacLachlan. I think he's great. I obviously love Patrick Stewart. Um, you know, there's a lot of cool things going on in Dune. But is it the best movie? Yeah, I just think it's the best movie. Um, <laughs> Fair enough. So, uh, but this brings me to another point that I wanted to bring up in the news and notes, which is that Twin Peaks oh is coming back. Well, you can be yes. excited about that at least. You heard that right. Twin Peaks is coming back for another season. I believe they signed on for one season only for, on Showtime, and basically Showtime. it's going on Showtime. Showtime. Weird. Where it's going to be a full season of what is going on in Twin Peaks. <sighs> 25 years later or however long it's been yeah 25 you know, years i gotta say i've never been a fan really of anything david lynch it's kind of like i feel weird i'm not a big fan of wes anderson's stuff i i'm not a big fan of wes anderson. i don't like kevin smith i hate kevin smith's stuff. i don't really like kevin smith. like dogma was probably his thing that i liked the most but even then i'm like it's okay kevin smith sucks I'm he's, sorry, he's, yeah, he is sucks. wildly overrated i'll say he's that. wildly overrated and have you ever watched comic book men he's also no. kind of a jerk Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, I've heard him on like some podcasts and stuff. It, yeah. Kind of like, well, whatever. I'm not going to get into a. You kind of like Will Wheaton. Who's <laughs> like? We should do. Yeah, we should totally do a most overrated people in geekdom podcast. That's oh a great God. show. Right? No, I, it's a shame because like Will Wheaton, like he goes to like packs and stuff, and he's always like, "Hey guys, don't be a dick." And then you follow him on Twitter, and he's a dick to a lot of people. Like. If you disagree with him politically or this, that, or the other, he's like, oh, you're a oh, blah, 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 blah. And if you listen to some of the things he, he, you know, like some of his podcasts or whatever, he's like, yeah, you're kind of a dick. Uh, whatever. Yeah. Uh, anyway. He's just brazen about it. Uh, and he's, this, you know, Kevin Smith is the same way. Um, I never, and as far as David Lynch, it's not that I don't respect him. It's just I don't get it it's like i don't want to overtax my brain or something like that yeah it's david lynch it's a little much for me someone that requires uh like i can't do twin peaks i can't i tried you tried twin peaks i did try i, I was like so i can't get into this 
Twin Peaks is, is atypical of David Lynch in as much as it's David Lynch trying to make something that is pop culture. Which is... And David Lynch, yeah, and David Lynch does not do pop culture, right? So to me, that's why Twin Peaks works. Even if you can't get into like a Racerhead or Blue Velvet, you can totally get into Twin Peaks. And I went to Blue Velvet after I watched Twin Peaks and I went, holy shit, I don't know what's going on, right? Because Blue Velvet is like, wow. Or even if you go to Firewalk <laughs> with me. So like the, the Twin Peaks kind of epilogue um, is Firewalk with me. And that movie makes absolutely no damn sense. It makes no sense whatsoever. Maybe that means that I am stupid and don't understand, but it makes no sense. Uh, were you the one that showed me the um, the David Lynch and um, <clears throat> crap, the guy from Back to the Future, uh, Crispin Glover? Um, it's like this series on YouTube. I haven't seen it in a few years. But it's like these two people playing David Lynch and Crispin Glover just doing really weird things. It's pretty <laughs> damn funny. I got, I'm checking this out as soon as we get off the show here because I got to <laughs> find out what that's all about. Yes. But, but no, I, I haven't seen that. But I think, I think it, it's just one of these things. Like, you know, the reason I think Twin Peaks works and the reason why I think Twin Peaks is so great is because it's David Lynch doing pop culture. But, it's, but better than that, it's David Lynch doing late 80s early 90s pop culture and that is an absolute treat which is best pop culture <laughs> yes but, but I, I i don't disagree with you what i'm saying is is that to me that is an absolute treat to watch in 2014 for others it, it just looks like hokey schlock and, right? and and as far as wes anderson goes i've heard really good things about um uh, what's his latest one the grand budapest hotel oh yeah i've heard that too um, I'm sure I'll give it a try at some point. The issue I have with a lot of his movies is that they're just a little too quirky. They're a little too something. Uh, I'm like, ah, this is bugging me for some reason. Uh, even though, like, everyone is like, oh, he's an amazing genius. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Well, whatever. Yeah, I don't know. I mean... I'll try. I'll try Grand Gen Budapest. Genius is a word that gets thrown around a lot in our time. And I just think it's way overused. Like um, Gamergate. Like Gamergate, it is way overused, and and it becomes in what we call in communications an overdetermined word. Meaning there that so what you talk about with people with people arguing over each other, what that means is that something's become overdetermined. In other words, yeah. these people are are fixated that this word means this. These people are fixated that this word means this, and they just kind of keep talking to each other. I like that. That's good. Yes, it is overdetermined, which We're, means it is meaning less. Yes. Which I would argue Gamergate now is meaningless. And actually, I, I did watch and, and like Royal Tenenbaums. But again, I like Royal a Tenenbaums little, too. A little too quirky. Um, um, did he do the Steve Zissou movie yes. too? Yeah, I, I like that one. I like the David Bowie soundtrack too. I thought that was very well played. Well, of course. Um, yeah, but I mean, it wasn't just... He didn't, do, he didn't do what, you know, what we just said Scorsese does, which is like take all the Rolling Stones music. He didn't take David Bowie's music. He like... Integrated it. cover David Bowie's music and put it into oh, the. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, like there's a guy, there's like that guy like who's like playing a guitar and he just sings David Bowie songs throughout the film. Pretty cool. See, that's quirky. Anyway. Um, well, this has been a short 90-minute episode of the Echo Screen. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, listen, we, we earned our keep tonight, especially because literally if you turn the lights off right here, I would fall asleep before <laughs> the lights 
fully extinguished. So, so, so you would fall asleep faster than the speed of light, basically. That is, that, that's it. That's it. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to break the laws of physics. I'm just telling you facts. Okay, fair enough. Um, yeah, so we do have one more thing to cover with the peoples, because I know that you have an announcement that you'd like to make. Yes, the uh, was the sixth annual Clan of the Grey Wolf Charity Marathon is happening December. I actually have dates here. Let me pull it up. <clears throat> Yay! Lock off your calendars, <laughs> folks. December 12th through the 14th. That's a Friday through Sunday. We'll yeah. be going again for 60 hours. Uh, we will have some extra special guests with us this time. Uh, kind of similar to like last year, we had Miss Quote, who will not be able to make it this year, I assume. But um, we'll have we'll have a couple other folks, and uh, we are expanding our reach from Super Nintendo to a 16-bit extravaganza. We shall not only yes. have a bunch of Super Nintendo games, but also Sega Genesis games to play, and also some Sega CD and everyone's favorite, the CDI, all 16-bit. All 16-bit systems. And, uh, yeah, we need to get back into some of those games. That is going to be a rip-snorting good time. And, uh, Plus, we do know we're going to have some special guests this year as well, or at least one very special guest. Yes. Who? Are we, we going to keep it secret? Let's keep it secret. Who's our special guest? I don't even know. See? It's so secret. <laughs> well, Cooper Cat will definitely be part of the marathon, though. He is a crucial... Cooper. Cooper Cat's not necessarily a special guest, but he really he'll totally be there. He is the marathon, and we have a special new gift uh, uh, for the fifty dollars donors. It's our you, perhaps you've noticed before we have had special special gifts for people who donate fifty dollars in the past. And by like, special, we mean special. Like last year, we had micro SD to SD card converters. Official Clan of the Gray Wolf micro. Correct. To SD card converters. And I'm sure all of you found them very useful. Yeah, and a couple of years before, we had, I think, like 16 megabyte uh, USB drives. Official Clan of the Gray Wolf 16 megabyte flash drives. So, oh, for, for which I hope several of you listen to all three songs that you can load onto that. Yes. So, so we will uh, uh, be doing that again December 12th through the 14th, beginning at noon on the 12th. Uh, set your calendars. Uh, we will have more information for you, including the charity. Uh, and the gifts and some other stuff for you for the next Echo Screen Live, which will be in two weeks <clears throat> on November 5th, Wednesday, 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, and uh, Commodore has a uh, an idea for a new, new recurring show for Echo Screen Live. Would you like to share it? Because I think we're going to do that. Yeah, I think we should do that. We, we won't pick the game yet, but how's okay. that we won't pick the specific topic, but the idea hit me of that we should do a new kind of uh, uh, you know recurring theme here on the show where we talk about games that changed things or games that changed the gaming world. By that I mean we're going to we can spend the topic du jour talking about a uh, you know basically a game that changed the way that we think about gaming or games that uh, really fundamentally changed the way that people make games and focus on you know some of the best. Or maybe some of the worst that uh, that changed the way that people think about gaming. So we, I'm not going to tell you which game we're going to do yet. We have a couple in mind, um, but we're going to do one of those next time. Yep, there you go. Uh, all right, I think that's it. Again, a reminder: we are a grown-up podcast now. You can find us on iTunes and Stitcher and the Android app of your choice. Search for Echo Screen Live. Uh, please rate us, uh, especially on iTunes, if you would, and we will love you long time. We love you long time. That was racist. Well, maybe. <laughs>
I'm, I'm, I, I, at this point, I will call everything that happens total exhaustion delusion. Yes. Um, anyway, thank you all for being for joining us, especially in this uh, hastily, uh, you know, chatted uh, or chat-enabled edition of the Echo Screen Live, the official podcast of the Clan of the Gray Wolf. Uh, we'll see you folks a little bit down the road next time. For Rue, I am the Commodore, and there is no reset button. Boop, 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 boop,